But this is the gospel to deliver you from the way of immorality. And Christ died for sin. He died not only to take away the guilt of sin, but the love of sin and the power of sin. That's where the Christian gospel comes into its own. That's where it makes the difference. His blood shed on the cross is of such infinite power, such supernatural potency, that he can make you not only clean and white in the sight of God, but give you new power to triumph over the temptation of sin and thereby deliver you. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak Today. And we have a message from Proverbs chapter 2, The Lord's Power to Deliver. And also, don't miss the meaning of the cross. And one of the things you need to grasp is the Lord's capacity for infinite suffering. Because God, the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, took human nature and was the God-man, God in man's nature in a human body, that person, the Lord Jesus Christ, being God and man, when upon the cross, had the capacity to endure infinite suffering. So I hope that you'll take this to heart. But firstly, Proverbs 2, the Lord's power to deliver. So if you're saying to someone, you are froward, you are like or influenced by the evil man. Bad, hurtful. The bully. The one who's filled with arrogancy and pride, and he's promoting himself. He is froward. And then in verse 15, whose ways are crooked. And they forward in their paths. So you can see that the parallel statement is crooked. Crooked. Now, if you're a carpenter and you're trying to build something with crooked material, it's tough. If you're a pastor and you're dealing with crooked people, it's tough. If you're married to somebody who's crooked, you've got a tough life. If you've got a teenager that's growing up in your home and they're acting crooked. You've got a problem on your hands. You've got a sister or a brother who's crooked in their ways. Not pleasant company. Then going over to chapter 3 and verse 32, you have another use in Proverbs of this word, froward. Chapter 3, verse 32, for the froward is abomination to God. Froward is abomination. Disgusting. Disgusting. God cannot bear the sight, the sound, the stench of this disgusting way. Froward. And then in chapter 4 and verse 24, put away from thee a froward mouth a froward mouth. Then the next statement, which goes parallel or side by side, perverse lips. 
perverse. Perverse, you can drop the P and just make it reverse, saying the opposite to what's right. Cantankerous, twisted, crooked, all coming out of your lips. And it's abomination. You can see the ugliness of this building here now. And then in chapter uh, 6 and verse 12, uh, you'll find it again. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. Chapter 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. And so you've got those other terms, arrogancy, pride, the evil way. They're all built in right there. And then chapter 10, 31, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. It's intolerable. It's intolerable. Maybe your mother washed your tongue with soap when something sinful came out of your mouth. Well, this says that the froward tongue will be cut out. That's even more radical more intolerable. And then the final one we'll look at here is chapter 11 and verse 20. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord. Now, after that little exercise, I would like to think that you have now in your mind a better, a bigger, a more ugly picture of the man that we're talking about, the froward person. And this is the wisdom of the gospel, that you are delivered from the evil man who is froward. Oh, what an ugly person he is, and how you need to be delivered from that man. Because if you follow his ways, if you change into his likeness, if you do the same things, then you're going to be just as ugly in the sight of God, just as disgusting, just as intolerable, and headed for awful judgment. What a horrible thing. Now we go to the strange woman. Verse 16 of chapter 2. You'll notice the word delivering coming up here. Verse 2, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. That's the froward man. And then verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman. This is the immoral woman who entices and promises pleasure for a season, but ruins men by her sinful ways, who would drag into the place of corruption of mind, heart, and body. And the ruin is so destructive. Now, what is this to say to us? Here is Proverbs written by King Solomon. He was uh, the, the uh, son of David. We're talking now someone who lived about 3,000 years ago. And here are words of wisdom that are left in the Bible for us. 
What has it to say to you and me today? I don't think that Canadians and all who make Canada their home in the history of this country that we, this people, has faced such devastation of immorality. You can't walk the corridors of a high school. You can't go to college or university. But your mind and your heart is going to be lured, poisoned, with the attitude, there is no right and wrong. And let me tell you, that is the greatest lie from the pit of hell that a young person could listen to. There is no right or wrong. Because whether people accept biblical morality, the Ten Commandments, or not, immorality destroys. It leads to ill health, disease, depression, in many cases, suicide. It leads to debauchery of values, and it is sowing the seeds of a dreadful harvest, not to mention the eternal ruin. So you're in danger today. You're in danger of imbibing the lie that it doesn't matter. You're in danger of falling into the cultural trends of a secular society where you have the right to live any way you like. And nobody can tell you it's wrong. That's our culture. That's our generation. And the fruit of it we see all around. The fruit of it we see on the streets, not just drugs and alcohol and all the ravages that ruin people, but you can see the physical bodies. Just stand on the street corner of the places of immorality and you will see lives broken, bitter, wretched. I would even go as far as to say a foretaste of hell, the misery of it all. But this is the gospel to deliver you from the way of immorality. And Christ died for sin. He died not only to take away the guilt of sin, but the love of sin and the power of sin. That's where the Christian gospel comes into its own. That's where it makes the difference. His blood shed on the cross is of such infinite power such supernatural potency that he can make you not only 
clean and white in the sight of God, but give you new power to triumph over the temptation of sin and thereby deliver you. The Lord Jesus said that all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven. That's the power that is in this gospel of the Lord Jesus. And of course, it leads us to understand righteousness. And you'll see that in this chapter if you look for it. So you've got to dig. You've got to be the miner looking for the riches that are here. Now, do you want to be one who is broken by sin, destroyed by sin, or made righteous, right-wise, right in the sight of, rightly accepted, upright in God's sight, as white and pure as Christ Himself, because you are clothed in the white righteousness of the Lord Jesus. Now, that's your option. It's one or the other. There's no halfway to. There's no halfway from. You cannot be one foot in the way of the sins of this world and one foot in the program of God's saving grace. You are either a sinner on the broad road to destruction, or you are a child of God, redeemed by the blood, clothed in righteousness, and sure of heaven. Which is it going to be? Wisdom calls us to faith in the work of the Lord Jesus. Now, to go a little further, and I'm making this my point number three, the word of the cross empowers the soul. Now, I know I've touched on that when I talked about deliverance from the evil man, deliverance from the strange woman, but I can't help but see how here in this chapter that there is a new life promised. Look at verse 20. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. That's the power. That's the empowerment. You see, the gospel is not just information. It's energy. Energy. Where do we get this energy? Do we get new thinking, new strength, new help, new something? Well, it is the miracle, the grace of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And it is He that dwells in us the hope of glory. I remember learning this truth as a new Christian, and I don't think anything invigorated me more than understanding this great truth. You see, when I became a Christian, the night that I confessed my sin and called on the Lord to save me, I didn't know very much. I was, I was a rookie. I was darkened in soul, and I came to the light, and the light shone upon me, and I knew that I needed a Savior. But if someone asked me, what is the totality of what the Savior is going to do for you? I had a very short list. But when I learned the truth that the salvation that the Lord gives is not just steps to climb up into a higher level, not just an ethical thinking, not just a new standard, but the indwelling of God himself 
in my soul. Wow, that's the Savior I need. Now, if you turn to Colossians 1 and verse 27, and I still remember as a very young preacher preaching this at an open-air service uh, at a community one day, and it stands out as, as, as like a revelation to my mind. Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Now, I think we're in keeping with riches here. Solomon was talking about the silver digging in the mine for gospel riches. Here is the Apostle Paul in this text, Colossians 1.27, talking of the riches and the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is, how do you define it? How do you just put it in a few words? Christ in you. Christ in you. That is the new power. And that is the energy. That is the victory in the making. Because it is no longer I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And therein lies the keeping power, the supernatural keeping power of the Lord. Now, speaking about my early memories as a young Christian, the other great revelation to me was 1 Peter 1.5. And this was the first gospel tract that I ever wrote. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Kept by the power of God. After writing, I don't know, a few hundred words on that subject, I went to the printer. In those days, you didn't have computers and desktop publishing. You just went to the printer, and you got ideas and got the thing printed out. And I said, now, what could you suggest a, a, a graphic, uh, something that would captivate the, the reader of this little pamphlet uh, and give to them the gist of what's in this? And he got out the binder and he flicked through all these pictures and graphics that he had, and we came to one. It was the picture of the world hanging on nothing just out there in the galaxy, the earth as a globe, a ball hanging on nothing. And then underneath we put the text, kept by the power of God. And the truth is that the same God that holds this world on nothing, keeps the universe revolving, gives us the energy, the oxygen we breathe, gives us the sunlight and the darkness, gives us all that earth hanging and nothing means. We're kept by God as a Christian. And that is the power by which you are saved. Do not think that if you become a Christian, it's going to be your willpower, your strength, your abilities. Yes, you will be called on to do, but you will never do it alone. You will do it in the power, 
and in the strength of the risen Lord Jesus. And of course, this is resurrection power, resurrection power, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Now, I better not preach all of this because I've got one, two, three, four, five things. I'll go to number five. The key, the key is that our Jesus is a living Savior. That's the difference. Any other religion, their founders, you can point to the grave that they still lie there. That's where their dead body is returned to the dust. But our Jesus is alive, and he's alive forevermore, and he lives in his people's hearts, and he changes us, and he makes us the power of God unto salvation. Now, let's go back to Proverbs 2, and I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it very quickly. Just give me about a minute, and we'll wrap it up. Just let's finish these few verses. Thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous. Then verse 21, for the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it, but the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. And so we see here the grace of God at work. What deliverance! What a Savior! There is two paths for you to go, and yes, you have a decision to make. The way of the world. It's the way of pleasure, yes, for a season. The way of lust, the way of freedom, the way of yourself. But you'll do it all in your own strength. Or the way of the cross, where you surrender everything and receive Christ into your life. And you live a new life, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you ready to do that? That's the invitation of the gospel. I pray that God is calling you, and you hear that voice in your soul. I will do what I usually do, invite you to stay in your seat when others go out into the hallway today. And if I see you there, I will come and we'll talk, and we can discuss the way of salvation. And you can pray. I can't pray for you. Well, I can pray for you, but I can't pray the salvation prayer for you. You have to do that. You must call on the Lord. And we can go to Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just put your name in there. Put your name in the whosoever, but whosoever, put your name in, shall call, shall be saved. Should set his love upon your sons of men. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. And today we come back to our theme on Lest You Miss the Cross. You must understand, or you will miss the cross, the Lord Jesus was equipped with the capacity to bear infinite suffering or the wrath of an infinite God in his own body while dying on that tree at Calvary. 
This is the uniqueness of Christ's death for sinners. He was the only one who could endure or absorb all the wrath of God in his own body. That was possible for him because he was God in the flesh. The cross stands or falls on the incarnation of God in our nature, so that it was God in human form bearing the wrath of God. The judgment fires of God were spent on Christ and totally extinguished by his suffering unto death. Do you understand and rejoice in this truth of Jesus' death as the sin-bearer, the God-man in a human body bearing the sins of the world? If you miss this fact that Jesus was just one of the thousands who in Roman times died on crosses, but realizing that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, we then have a gospel of good news for sinners. And that good news is that Jesus paid it all. Oh, those are blessed words and common words to the evangelist. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus made it white as snow. And that's the good news of the gospel. The hymn writer has also said, I cannot tell while he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men, or why as shepherd he should seek the wanderers to bring them back they know not how or when. But this I know that he was born of Mary when Bethlehem's manger was his only home, and that he lived at Nazareth and labored. And so the Savior, Savior of the world, is come. I cannot tell how silently he suffered, as with his peace he graced his, this place of tears, or how his heart upon the cross was broken, the crown of pain to three and thirty years. But this I know, he heals the brokenhearted and stays our sin and calms our lurking fear and lifts the burden from the heavy laden. For yet the Savior, Savior of the world, is here. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.